الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم So we're continuing um, from the book The Invocation of, of God Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jazia rahimahullah The next point that he mentions is that dhikr, dhikr of Allah, the remembrance of Allah it in the, and by the way, dhikr literally, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier but it literally means to make mention of something that's the meaning of dhikr, okay? It doesn't mean to just remember, it actually literally means to mention. So the way by which you can make mention of something is mentioning it through your tongue, right? Or mentioning it in your mind and in your heart. And most of what we're covering here applies to any type of dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. And we haven't actually gone into the different forms of athkar and how to perform them and how we, you know, but, and um, because that isn't the purpose of, of at least the first few sessions. We're just trying to understand w- why it's actually important to us. If we can understand why, then we'll cover uh, how to actually uh, engage in it. Um, but certainly if, if, if some of you or if you've listened to the prior series on the essentials of, of uh, spirituality, we cover actually the main points of the dhikr there and what to do and how to perform it. So if you haven't yet, then during the break times, you can listen to that if you'd like, or you can ask directly, inshallah. Uh, okay, so the next thing. Dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, meaning making mention of Allah, remembering Allah, it endows the believer with proximity, al-qurb, to Allah. It endows the believer with qurb to Allah. And his proximity to Allah is in proportion to his remembrance. His distance is in proportion to his heedlessness. So this is a very um, important concept to understand. That uh, this idea of qurb or nearness to Allah Ta'ala. And um, what's important to recognize is that, look, Allah Ta'ala, he's very close to, very near to us as his servants. And this applies, you could say, universally. Whether the servant is obedient to Allah or disobedient to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right there. Right? And it comes in the Quran. Uh, Allah ta'ala, as I think we mentioned earlier, When my servant calls upon me, Then know verily that I am close. I'm very close. You know, look at that response. Well, two things. One is that there's no qualifier for ibadi. What kind of ibadi? Allah Ta'ala is saying, generally speaking, when my servant, meaning someone who believes in me, uh, calls upon me, the answer should be that I listen to him or her, or I respond to him or to her. But Allah Ta'ala responds and says that believe that person should know that I am right there. I am close. I'm always there. And sometimes we don't perceive this. And that's fine. Sometimes we don't perceive that Allah Ta'ala is, that, is so close to us. Actually, in another verse, Allah Ta'ala says about His nearness to us, وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ That I am closer to you. The same word is being used, right? أَقْرَبْ قَرِيب This is the same. قَافْ رَهْبَ قُرْبْ is what is mentioned here. So, نَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ I am closer. We are closer to, to the believer. Min habilil warid than the the vein the life vein. I mean, and the linguist, uh, the Arabic linguist, seem to translate this as the the jugular vein, which uh, it's it, it's it's the vein that um, certainly our life is dependent on, and it's very close to us. In fact, if if you travel, if you follow its course up, it actually travels around the part of the brain that's responsible for for life. You can say breathing and uh, and 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 heart function, etc. This is all. That the, those, the blood that blood vessel is being referred to here, it's just around there in that area, it's right next to it, right? So it's even closer than 
like we we aren't even as close to ourselves as Allah Ta'ala is close to us. And this is scientifically as well, right? But we know that regardless of that. But look at the example he's giving that we're Allah Ta'ala is closer to us than even our jugular vein. And, and sometimes we don't perceive that. And it's this is very this is a very tricky, challenging concept. We don't perceive that Allah Ta'ala is near to us, but that doesn't mean that Allah Ta'ala is not close to us. And um once I was, um, you know, I had I, I was I had gone through uh, extreme difficulty, and and it wasn't a sin, right? Um, it wasn't a sin. It was just extreme difficulty. And I had uh, I was speaking to my sheikh, and I said that like, I don't get it. I I don't feel I don't feel like I used to feel, right? I, I mean, anyone can relate. When you feel close to Allah Taala, you you can sense it, right? It's a, it's a very special feeling. And it's hard. You can't even describe it. Like, you just feel so content. And you feel like, um, you feel this sakina just descending upon you when you have that ability to perceive Allah Ta'ala's nearness. Am I making sense? <coughs> so I had lost that feeling. And it's very disturbing to lose that feeling. It's, I mean, um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. So I had asked him. I said, "I don't get it. I don't. Ha- I didn't." And it wasn't because it was like a sin. I was engaged in. Obviously, we've all been engaged in sin, and we know when we perform a sin that uh, we lose that. We can lose that very quickly, right? That feeling of nearness to Allah. That's that can be gone. But at least we know that. Okay, this is my own fault or whatever, right? Okay, I can I can fix this. I can do tawbah. But um, when some difficulty befalls you, you can't even do tawbah necessarily to fix this problem. So then what are you going to do? You feel even more hopeless. So I brought this to his attention and he said something very interesting. He said, look, um, and this is why all of this, what I've said so far is coming into my, is coming into my mind and you know, being shared with you. He said that, look, you may not be able to, no, he said, recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very close to you. You just right now aren't able to perceive it. Recognize that Allah Ta'ala is very close to you. It's just that you aren't able to perceive it. And that provided a lot of solace, right? Because, you know, when you have this feeling of qurb with Allah, and then you lose this feeling, some maybe because of something you didn't even do yourself, then it's like, it's very disturbing, it's very troubling. But then to know that, look, the feeling can come and go. The feeling of nearness to Allah Ta'ala, that can come and go. But know that Allah Ta'ala has not, never gone anywhere. He's always been there. He's always been close to you, closer to you than your parents, closer to you than you yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he's closer to you better than, uh, more than, um, I guess, you're even close to yourself. And this isn't just from like this present moment in time. This has been the case since we entered into this world. When we entered into this world, Allah Ta'ala was right with us. And until we leave this world, He will be right with us. And He's not going anywhere. This is this principle you can... You can now, it's possible that for 10 years you forgot Allah. Or it's possible for periods of time in your life you forgot Allah Ta'ala was there. That doesn't negate the fact that He was there. You know, if you, when you're six years old, you don't, if you're, think back, when you were six years old, do you remember consciously thinking, oh, my Allah is with me right now? You know, maybe you made those statements, you know, to please your parents or in Sunday school. But, I mean, is this a, was this a constant thought in your mind? Absolutely not. When you were 10 years old, were you thinking, oh, my Allah is with me right now? No. But Allah Ta'ala is so close to us that He's with us from the cradle to the grave. Literally, He's with us from the cradle to the grave. Even if we are not consciously recognizing it, He's with us. 
And even if we um, are, we're able to perceive it, but then we no longer feel like we can perceive it, it doesn't change the fact that Allah Ta'ala is right there. So, um, so recognize that Allah Ta'ala is, is always there. The question is, uh, have we reciprocated that? Right? And so this is the benefit of the dhikr and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, is that you draw nearer to Allah. Allah is already, you could say, close to us. And it's up to us to, to reciprocate that. And that's, what, that's, that's one of the powers of dhikr. And he says, his proximity to Allah, meaning the believer's proximity, and of course his refers to his and her, his proximity to Allah is in proportion to his remembrance, and his distance is in proportion to his heedlessness. Allah Ta'ala is there, and he's available to us 24-7, and he's the one that's providing for us, sustaining us, taking care of us 24-7, all the time. Um, but we distance ourselves from Allah. like We turn the other way, and that does have an effect. On the other hand, if a person engages in Allah's remembrance, they're able to draw closer to Allah. Meaning they're able to turn their attention back to that Allah Ta'ala that's so close to us to begin with. Right? But you can imagine if, let's say, we had this, this morning you had this experience, I think. Right? Let's say that you're, I'm face to face, right, with someone. And I'm, right now, physically we're very close. Let's say I turn my back around now. Physically, we're st- you're still very close to me. Am I close to you? No. All of my attention is turned in a different direction. Completely different direction. So, although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very close to the believers, we've turned our direction away from Allah ta'ala, and all we have to do is turn, our, turn ourselves back around toward Allah ta'ala, and we're close to Him. We're, closer to, we're, 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 we're very close to Him. This is qurb, this is nearness, this is proximity. This, this, is the, this doesn't make sense. So, He's saying that the, the way by which you turn yourself back toward Allah Ta'ala, or turn yourself around such that you're facing Allah Ta'ala, your spiritual qibla is Allah Ta'ala, is through remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. You spend time in dhikr, and as a result, inshallah, you will increase in your nearness to Allah Ta'ala. And you spend time in heedlessness, you can expect that your distance will increase with Allah Ta'ala, and, and we don't want to be there. Okay, the next point. This was very near to me, but I couldn't see it. Okay. Um, so I'm not going through every point. So the next point that we're going to cover. It endows the believer with a sense of reverence and awe. The dhikr of Allah endows the believer with a sense of reverence and awe. And the word that uses hayba, which it can take on the meaning of fear, uh, but it's more, you could say, uh, awe-inspiring. Um, before Allah. So it takes on a sense of reverence and awe before Allah because of the high place that remembrance hold in, their, in, in the believer's heart and the intensity of his presence with Allah Most High. Unlike the heedless man whose heart is veiled from the awe of Allah. So one thing is to be able to feel this qurb, right? This proximity to Allah. But the sec- another thing is to be inspired or awe-inspired by Allah Ta'ala every time you think of Allah. Right, so you to be able to think about Allah and then to be left in a state of awe, even if it's briefly, I mean that's a very powerful state to be in, and you can achieve that through spending time in Allah's remembrance. Spending time in Allah's remembrance, independent of if you're experiencing the awe, will result eventually in awe when you remember Allah. Right, spending time in Allah's remembrance, even if you aren't perceiving it. 
will result in you perceiving this awe eventually. And um, Allah Ta'ala says this in the Qur'an, right, when He talks about the believers, that the believers are people who, إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهِ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهِ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ That when Allah Ta'ala is mentioned to them, right, when they make mention of Allah, or Allah Ta'ala is mentioned to them, you can make mention of Allah yourself, right, uh, or someone can mention Allah, وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ That the heart... Um, it it um, it's awestruck, right? It shakes in awe. Could be out of fear, but more you could say awe. So what is Allah Taala? This is in the Quran. This isn't even. This isn't the statements of our awliya. This is Allah Taala's direct word. That the true believers are people who, when Allah's name is mentioned, and how many times have we mentioned Allah's name just since the Dhuhr prayer, right? The believers are people who, when Allah's name is mentioned, their heart, there's a perceivable tremble of the heart because it's stuck with the awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how many times have we heard Allah's name since the beginning of this gathering and yet our heart wasn't affected at all? So, uh, so the, uh, the power, uh, a power of dhikr is that we can, we can actually follow this verse. We can actually... Um, uh, we can actually embody or inculcate this verse of the Qur'an, right? That uh, Allah Ta'ala's expectation of me through His word in the Qur'an is that when my name is mentioned, when Allah's name is mentioned, that my heart actually um, perceives this, right? Is in awe every time my name is mentioned. Well, um, through this, he says, it endows him, meaning the believer, with a sense of reverence, reverence and awe before the Lord because of the high place that remembrance holds in their heart and the intensity of his presence with Allah Most High. So through Allah's remembrance, you begin to, uh, your, your, your proximity to Allah increases, your qurb to Allah Ta'ala increases, and you will begin to perceive Allah Ta'ala more. The intensity of that results in this state of awe. And uh, this happens through someone who's uh, dhakir, a heart that's uh, you know we say a dhakir qalb, a heart that's um, that's used to remembering Allah Taala. This is the effect of it, of that kind of a heart. That when Allah Taala's name is mentioned, or when Allah Taala is mentioned, or Allah Taala is referenced by someone else or by themselves, they're left in a state of awe. This is why you might have seen it with your own eyes too. There are people who they just they're engaged in dhikr of Allah and they just say the name of Allah, and they just sit for five minutes and they just don't move. You know, there, there are certain people who you've seen, like I, um, they're in sajda, and, uh, you know, they're, maybe they're praying nafla, maybe they're doing some other sajda, and they're, they're just taking one of the names of Allah, and then they're just silenced for like several minutes. Because they're taken aback by what, what, what is, uh, you know, uh, al-Nasir, like, or, or sorry, let's say, let's say al-Muhaymin. Wow, that's such a powerful principle, right? Allah, that's one of Allah's names. And they're left in awe, and they have to sit and reflect upon this for an extended period of time. It's powerful. You know, and you could take Ar-Rahman, right? Now, these are, so, there are, what, 99 names of Allah that we at least we're aware of. Each of these independently should create, uh, should mesmerize us. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's not, and... The, it doesn't because our hearts are not alive yet. Our hearts are not yet alive. But it should be that each name of Allah Ta'ala, not just His, his uh, 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 the, the, the great name of Allah, which is Allah, but even any other name should um, 
it should mesmerize us. We should actually be affected by it when we hear these names. We should be able to reflect on it for extended periods of time. And if we can't, it's just because our heart is not alive yet. Well, then how do we make our heart alive such that this becomes a reality into our life? Well, it's through spending time in Allah's remembrance, even if we don't have that experience. So he says, unlike the heedless man, whose heart is veiled from the awe of Allah. You know, we were talking about people that are unfortunate, right? We were talking yesterday, we mentioned the person who's homeless in this kind of weather and how unfortunate it is that that person doesn't have a place to warm up. And we talked how that applies to us too, that, you know, how unfortunate it is that we are people who know Allah, yet we don't have a place to spiritually retreat, you know, physically or uh, metaphorically speaking. We don't have a place of retreat where we can just sit and focus on Allah for a period of time. Right? We don't, we've never been taught how to do that. How unfortunate it is. So similarly, how unfortunate it is that the heedless person, the he person who's heedless of Allah, their heart is veiled from the awe of Allah. How unfortunate it is that Allah Sa'ad is so magnificent. But if I mention, you know, the uh, first team All-NBA, our heart trembles and it shakes. You know, if I mention, you know, the last 10 presidents, my heart, you know, is affected by it. I'm, I'm inspired by it. Or I'm, uh, I, I create fear within me or it creates reverence, right? Whatever, whatever emotion. But when you mention Allah's name, it has little effect on my heart. How unfortunate that is, right? It used to be that um, that uh, it used to be that the that people would spend, you know, hours engaged in the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala because they enjoyed the experience. They were in awe whenever they took the name of Allah, and we've lost that. And through Allah's remembrance, through the many ways of remembering Allah that we'll hopefully eventually get to, this could inshallah become a reality for us. Okay, the next point. Dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, it endows the believer with Allah's own remembrance of Him. Dhikr of Allah, it endows, bestows upon the believer Allah Ta'ala's remembrance of the believer. As uh, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, remember me, I shall remember you. If you remember me, I will remember you. If you want to be on Allah Ta'ala's radar, if you want Him to have His attention upon you, it's very simple. All you have to do is remember Him. You make mention of Him in your mind or on your tongue, and Allah Ta'ala remembers you. And then He goes on to say, and this is, I'm going to highlight this a little bit further, but indeed, remembrance would be merit and honor enough if there should be no more in it than that. But there's more. The Prophet said, whoever, about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, Whoever mentions me within himself, I shall mention him within myself. The Prophet said this. So the first verse is the Quran. Allah Ta'ala says, <coughs> Remember me. I will remember you. And the Prophet goes on to say that Allah Ta'ala says, this is hadith, that whoever mentions me within themselves, I shall mention him within myself. And whoever mentions me in a gathering, I shall mention him in a better gathering. This is loaded. So, what does it mean for Allah Ta'ala to remember us? I mean, who are we 
Think about it, right? We are one, in this, at this present point in time, we're one of, what, 8 billion people in the world. And I can assure you that aside from maybe our parents and, you know, maybe one or two of our friends, uh, no one's thinking of us right now. No one's thinking of us right now. Certainly, there's no one, you know, in China that's thinking of us right now. There's no one in Australia thinking of us right now. There's no one in Brazil that's thinking of or making mention of us right now. We're insignificant. We have, uh, and not, 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 we're insignificant at this present moment in time. Now take us and compare our us to, since the beginning of time, how many millions of people have been on the face of the earth, or how many billions of people have been on the face of the earth. We're, no, we're, we're, we're a nobody, if you look at it from that standpoint, right? We're absolutely nothing. I mean, there were, you know, there were millions of people that lived before us that came and they went. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all of them, and he's created every single human being in existence today. And he's created every single um, animal that's in existence today. All the billions or trillions of fish that are out in the water right now, he's created every single one of them. He's created every single tree and every leaf of every tree. He's created uh, every single uh, mountain and every single hill and every rock that exists on every single mountain has been created by Allah. And yet he has the ability, or he has the, he has it, he's taken it upon himself to remember us, despite our insignificance. It's powerful. It's very powerful. We have, we, we have, we, we aren't deserving of this, let's put it that way, right? We are, we are, we, we are more deserving of the, you know, um, uh, of if all of creation, if, if all six billion people, we were to be on television right now, we were able to give a speech to the entire world and everybody would be able to see us, right? We would think, wow, there's no way I would be given that kind of honor, right? How would I be given the honor of being able to address all of, uh, all of, civilized, uh, all, all of uh, humanity today? What an honor that would be if I could just share my few words or if I could just say thank you or whatnot for the opportunity. We are more deserving of that than we are of Allah Ta'ala remembering us right this moment. We are more deserving of that than Allah Ta'ala remembering us right this moment. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is in a different, is a different playing field. We're, everyone else is just a human being. We're nothing. We were created by Allah Ta'ala and we're going to be sent back to Allah Ta'ala. We're so insignificant. So what if, you know, six billion people look at us and, and, and acknowledge us or remember us or five million people or a hundred people or whatever it might be. It's nothing. But when Allah Ta'ala remembers you, He's the creator of the world and there's going to come a time at the end of time where all of existence will cease. Everyone will, everyone will die. Even the angels will pass away. The angel of death will be told to take away his own life. The angel of death, who spent his entire life taking away everyone else's soul, is eventually going to be told, take away your own soul. And then only Allah Ta'ala will be in existence at that time. Think about that for a moment. Everything will disappear. Everything will vanish. Everything will pass away. For that period of time, however long it is, it'll only be in Allah's, Allah will be the only one in existence. No one else. It doesn't matter how powerful they were in this world, they will not be in existence. The angels will not be in existence. The prophets will not be in existence. It'll be Allah by himself. Someone of this, someone of this ability or a being of this ability who can control the world so much that he can cause everything to be annihilated. That being remembers us when we remember him.
That's powerful. So it's simple. If you want Allah to remember you, then just remember Allah. So then Ibn al-Qayyim says, and rightfully so, he says, indeed, remembrance would be merit and honor enough if there was no more than that. If it was just that Allah Ta'ala would just remember us, that's sufficient. That's more than sufficient. Think about it. That's more than sufficient. Why does Allah Ta'ala have to do any more than that? It's sufficient for us. It, would, it makes our day, it'll make our life if you remembered us uh, for even just a moment. That would make our life. But there's more, right? The Prophet ﷺ says that Allah Ta'ala says, whoever mentions me within himself, I shall mention him within myself. So now Allah Ta'ala makes mention. Whoever mentions me in a gathering, I shall mention him in a better gathering. What's the gathering of Allah? The angels. The angels. So if in a gathering like this, and we don't see this because we're not, we're, we're not tuned in to seeing this. We think right now we're mentioning Allah Ta'ala Right? How many times have we mentioned his name and we're mentioning it uh, out of our love for him and our desire to draw closer to him. We're not mentioning his name because we're trying to discredit anything Allah's done or we're not trying to um, bring any shame to that name in any way, shape, or form. We're doing it with the proper intention. So how many times have we mentioned this name right now? We think that we mentioned his name and this is just happening right here. But there's another gathering that's even better than this gathering that's taking place right now. And Allah Ta'ala is mentioning us. And He's mentioning us to the angels. How incredible is that? And so Allah Ta'ala is not just remembering my... If I remember Allah, it's not that He's just remembering me. If I'm mentioning Allah, remembering Allah in a gathering like this, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is mentioning... Me in an even better gathering. And because all of us are sitting in this gathering and we're not thinking about Allah as well, our hope is that Allah Ta'ala is mentioning each and every single one of us right now at this present moment to, an, to, the, to the gathering of angels. Um, okay, the next point. Uh, I think we have about 15 minutes, inshallah. Um... Okay, so we could we could even just stop here, but we'll continue. Okay, so the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, it endows, this is the word that's used, but basically means it gives the heart life. The dhikr of Allah gives the heart life. Our hearts are dead without Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. Our hearts are dead without Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. <coughs> and uh, so he'll go on to say, I heard the Shaykh of Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, his teacher, he, his teacher said, Remembrance is to the heart what water is to the fish. And what is the state of a fish that leaves water? Right? We have our master fisherman, mashallah. Right? You take fish out of water. I mean, if you've uh, seen what that fish goes through, for whatever, I don't know, two, three minutes maybe, more or less, what happens? It flaps around, it's shaking. It, uh, it's in a state of panic. It wants to be put right back in, and you put it right back into the water, and it's comfortable. It just disappears. It goes right back in like nothing ever happened. Right? So Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions that the dhikr to the heart is like what water is to fish. Meaning when the heart... Um, takes a break from remembering Allah Ta'ala, the heart shakes, it panics. It 
is being deprived of what it actually wants. And unfortunately, we are the ones that are depriving our own hearts. Yet when you feed it back the dhikr, it's like taking that fish and putting it right back into water. And this is why people that are very close to Allah, um, when they, 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 they love to be by themselves. And it isn't because they're hermits or you know, they just don't like people. It's because they are desperately in need, or they desperately desire to turn back to Allah's remembrance. And they know that it's just more difficult to remember Allah when they're around people. And I've seen this in, uh, in, 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 in our mashayikh, even today. They just like to be left alone. They have this responsibility of, being, of having to interact with people and benefit people and you know, teach people and guide people, etc. But if, if you gave them the option, what do you want to do right now? They'll say, just leave me alone. I just want to be by myself. Not because they you know, are going to go play video games or they're going to go surf the web. Because they just want to be left alone because they want to be speaking or conversing with their Lord. This is, this is their preference. So Ibn Taymiyyah feels the same way, and he's teaching his student, Ibn al-Qayyim, who's our teacher, uh, this principle. And this is uh, a hadith of the Prophet wasallam as well, where he says, I think we covered this hadith actually in Irtikaf, in, in the Fajr session, that the similarity of a person who remembers their Lord, and the person who doesn't remember their Lord, how do you compare those two people, people that remember Allah and people that don't remember Allah? The Prophet said, It's like the person who's alive and the person who's dead. Such a difference, right? I mean, life and death, there's a very clear distinction between life and death. We know when someone's dead. And we know how different that person is, if they're even a person at that point, right? I mean, uh, everything ends when you pass away. There's such a clear distinction between life and death. And the Prophet says that that person who, spend, who's, who remembers Allah is like that person who's alive. And a person who's heedless of Allah, or does not remember Allah, is like the person who's passed away. It's a dead heart. It's a dead heart. Alive, physically it's beating. Spiritually it's dead, flatlined. And um, this, is, this has become our state. Right? That we are, physically we're there. We're believers. Right? We believe in Allah. And... Uh, physically we're there in the sense that our heart is beating, right? Our pulse is going through our body. We can, uh, you, can, you can say that, you know, I'm alive, you're alive. Spiritually, we're just, we've all just flatlined, dead. We need someone to, or something to come and resuscitate us. And it should be the opposite, that we are abundantly engaged in the remembrance of Allah, and when we are removed from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, we feel dead. Okay, and then the last point that we'll mention. Um, just wondering if we can cover this in 10 minutes. Inshallah, we'll try. Okay, it's not long. These are just a few sentences, but look at the depth of, of, of each of these words. Uh, and this is the translation. We're not even covering the Arabic. You can imagine how that would be. Okay. Dhikr is nourishment to the heart and soul. If the servant is deprived of it, meaning dhikr, it is as if their body were deprived of food. Okay. Dhikr is nourishment to the heart and soul. I guess this is appropriate timing for this. <laughs> um it is nourishment to the heart and soul. If the servant is deprived of it, it is as if his body were deprived of food. Once 
when I was with the Shaykh of Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, Ibn Qayyim is saying this, he performed the pre-dawn prayer, the prayer that we performed this morning, the Hajjid prayer. And then he sat down to remember Allah Ta'ala Most High until sunrise. He remained in the state of dhikr until the sun rose. Then he turned to me and said, This is my morning meal. If I do not take my morning meal, I lose my strength. Okay, let's back up here. Dhikr is a form of nourishment. We have physical nourishment, and that is by way of food and drink. And every human being needs physical nourishment, right? No one can survive without this. You may have heard, you know, if you go on a hunger strike, you may survive a month, but you'll then pass away. You will not survive past that. You can't live a year without nourishment. And most people can't go three days without nourishment. Many people can't go a single day without nourishment. You know, I, uh, I, I, um, we see this all the time, right? If somebody doesn't have a meal for a day, let's say they skip lunch, all the complaints that you hear, oh my gosh, it's like the end of the world, right? Oh, I didn't have my lunch. I'm, it's two o'clock. I didn't have lunch today. I need to, you know, you, you hear this. It's like, it's literally like the end of the world for them. Um, so that's physical nourishment and our bodies need physical nourishment. And similarly, our spiritual bodies need spiritual nourishment or need, nur- sorry, let's put it this way. Our spiritual bodies need nourishment. But what's the nourishment of the spiritual body? It's the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. It's what keeps us going. Right? And Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, every morning would sit from the pre-dawn prayer, from tahajjud until fajr, or until, until after, until the sun rose. What was he doing? He was having breakfast. That's what he was doing. He was having breakfast. You know, we, we emphasize the importance of not missing meals, right? I mean, uh, some of us, we have patience. We tell them, don't miss. The most important meal of the day is what? Breakfast. You have a good breakfast, you'll be fine. You can, you can bypass lunch if you need to bypass lunch. And uh, similarly, spiritually as well, the most important meal is our breakfast as well, is the dhikr that we perform in the morning. So first point we have to understand <laughs> is that dhikr is a form of nourishment for the soul, and if it is nourishment for the soul. Sorry, it is nourishment for the soul. And if we deprive our soul of dhikr, then our soul will wither away and it'll die. Just like if our physical bodies are deprived of its nourishment, our physical bodies will die. Right? So if we go, would we ever go a week without eating food? We would never do it. Would we go a week without drinking water? We wouldn't dream of doing it. Right? So how could we go a week without engaging in Allah's remembrance? Can you expect the soul to, to survive even a week without remembering Allah? It'll wither away and it'll pass away. Could we go three days without food or two, three days without drink? Would you ever think that you would do that to yourself. I'm going to fast for three days straight, right? In Ramadan, we fast maximum 16 or 17 hours, and that's difficult for us. But if I told you, you know what, I don't want you, I want you to skip iftar, you're just going to have suhoor the following morning. So your, your fast is technically 23 and a half hours. You'd think, you'd, you'd, um, you'd think I was crazy for making that suggestion. You'd say, I can't do it, it's impossible. I fasted all day, I need to break my fast, and I'm going to have my iftar. So we wouldn't think of going a day without having food and drink because out of fear of what that would mean to our physical bodies, how can we go a day without the food and drink for our soul, which is Allah's remembrance? Yet, we, myself included, we've gone days without remembering Allah. Right? We Forget 24 hours, we've gone weeks without remembering Allah or actually engaging in Allah's remembrance and Allah's dhikr. 
We've deprived our soul for that period of time. Now, fortunately, Allah Ta'ala, out of His mercy, has still kept us alive. You know, there are people who spend some weeks in heedlessness of Allah. And what is the result of that? Allah Ta'ala kills their soul and He removes iman from their heart such that they leave deen altogether as a consequence of them spending those few weeks in heedlessness of Allah. That's a possibility, it's a reality for all of us. So when we're engaging in Allah's remembrance, we should be thinking that this is food for my soul. Part of it is that, okay, I'm going to sit down and engage in the dhikr of Allah because I want to please Allah right now. Part of it is, okay, I want to engage in the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala because I want to earn a reward for the hereafter. But the serious student is thinking, I want to engage in the dhikr of Allah because I am fearful that if I don't feed my soul today, my soul will pass away and, the, uh, and, and, and it will be taken away from me and I will lose my iman altogether. That's what the, the, the serious student is constantly thinking about that. I'm, I'm afraid that my iman will be taken away from me. So I'm going to remember Allah today because this is what's going to feed my soul. And if I feed my soul, my soul will have some sort of sustenance to survive at least until the next time I can come back and feed it. So that's the first principle to understand. The second principle to understand from this is that uh, the best time to engage in Allah's remembrance is in the morning. The best time to engage in Allah's remembrance is the morning. The optimal time is before Fajr prayer. The way Ibn Taymiyyah did, the way the Prophet did, the way all of the Sahaba did. At the time of Tahajjud, uh, at the time, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning in Madinah Munawwara, everybody was awake. That was a time that you'd be awake. Now, they weren't hanging out with each other. They were awake and engaged in Allah's remembrance. The Prophet was consistently engaged in Allah's remembrance during this time. This is the best time to engage in the remembrance of Allah. And if you don't have that ability, we talked about the importance of that yesterday, but if you don't have that ability, let's say you're still working, then at least around the time of Fajr, engage in the remembrance of Allah. Because this is how you start your day, right? Like Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned to his student, he turned to his student and said, look, if I don't have this, uh, I lose my strength. We need spiritual strength through the course of the day. There's a lot to accomplish in a day, right? Physically, why do we have breakfast? If we, Let's say we have... Uh, uh, I don't know, let's say we're um, we're going to go on a hike, right? Uh, we're not going to miss breakfast that day, right? Because we know that we need strength for whatever lies ahead. Every day for the believer is like a spiritual hike, right? This is uphill climb. Every single day we're trying to become closer to Allah. We're trying to fight off shaitan. We're trying to fight off our nafs. This is an, it's an uphill battle almost every single day. And how are we going to gain the strength to be able to do that? Right? We need strength. So when Dhuhr time comes in, we want to be ready to pray Dhuhr and not be thinking, should I really pray Dhuhr today or not? What is that? That's shaitan telling you, you know what, think twice about this. So now you need the spiritual strength to be able to fight shaitan and say, okay, that was, that was silly. I'm just going to pray my Dhuhr. I don't care what you have to say. But you can't, it's not just mental energy. It requires spiritual energy. You know, when we are faced with a challenge of sin, right, we have the opportunity to sit uh, let's say in front of a computer and sin or interact with somebody and sin that requires spiritual energy to say you know what no I'm not going to do this but where are you going to get that spiritual energy from it has to come from somewhere so all of these challenges are, come to us during the day right our parents ask hey you know can you uh, um, I need a favor can you can you drive uh, can you pick up you know this in the store is about a half an hour away can you pick this up for me that requires some spiritual strength to be able to say you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. To not have to think twice about, Man, should I really be doing this or not? We know that it's pleasing to Allah to make our parents happy. We know it's a requirement actually in deen to, to obey our parents. 
But we need the spiritual strength to be able to, um, to, to accept that wholeheartedly. Well, where are we going to derive that spiritual strength from? So all of these challenges, so all of these challenges for sin, all of these challenges for reward, all of these opportunities for pleasing Allah are going to be present through the course of the day. If we engage in Allah's remembrance earlier in the day, then we're basically giving our soul its breakfast and saying that now go ahead and see the effect of what happens the rest of the day. Now you have the energy to be able to survive at least until whatever, the evening time. And then you feed yourself again, right? We, most of us have three meals a day. You know, at, at, at least we have two meals a day. I don't know anyone that only has one meal a day. At least we have two meals a day. Spiritually, we have to have at least two meals a day as well. And this is why the Ranama and the Mashayikh have so eloquently recommended that after Fajr prayer, engage in dhikr. And after Maghrib prayer, engage in dhikr. This is your breakfast. This is your dinner. You wouldn't go without breakfast. You wouldn't go without dinner physically. So don't go without breakfast or dinner spiritually because you have to sustain yourself. Dhikr isn't the name of something that you come and perform one weekend you know, uh, of, uh, uh, of the year. It's something that you engage in at some consistent level every day. It gives you the spiritual strength. So he says, if I do not take my morning meal, I lose my strength. So my recommendation has always been, and this is from my teachers, is that the bulk of your dhikr should be performed in the morning hours. Don't wait until the evening. If you have a goal for yourself that I need to do my Qur'an, I want to recite a half an hour of Qur'an, this is the best form of dhikr, I want to spend 20 minutes in muraqaba, I want to spend uh, 15 minutes reciting la ilaha illallah, I want to spend um, uh, you know, 20 minutes doing salawat in the Prophet then do this in the morning so that two benefits, one benefit is highlighted, we already highlighted, is that it gives you strength to actually uh, sustain yourself for the rest of the day, and the other benefit is that you don't have to worry about it now. Right? Otherwise, it's 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, oh, I didn't do my Qur'an yet today, what am I going to do it? Oh, you know what? And then shaitan has more of an opportunity, he just, got, he just has to close you out for a couple more hours and you're done. You've gone that day and you haven't fed your soul whatsoever. So, better to do whatever you're prescribed, ascribed, they could have do it earlier in the day, don't save it for the evening, it's just much more difficult. And then the last point, I know we're cutting into lunch. Um, um, if I do not, okay, uh, Another time, he said to me, Ibn Taymiyyah said to me, I never forsake remembrance except with the intention of giving myself respite. Okay, this is, language is a little bit strong. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, translate it into colloquial English here. I never take a break, sorry. I never abandon remembrance. I never leave remembrance of Allah except with the intention of giving myself uh, a break to be ready to resume another remembrance, or words to that effect. Meaning, when I, when it's time for me to leave the remembrance of Allah, now I'm, you know, right now, for instance, we're sitting in a gathering, remembering Allah. When it's time for us to conclude this gathering, I always plan ahead, telling myself that, look, this is just, um, I'm, uh, I'm just giving myself a little bit of a break so that I can resume my remembrance later in the day. Or later, maybe an hour later or 45 minutes later. So you don't leave one gathering of dhikr, whether it be a gathering such as this, uh, such as this of dhikr, or a gathering we just sit and do dhikr of Allah Ta'ala without the intention of coming right back to it soon. So we tell Allah Ta'ala, you don't have to raise your hands, but you converse with Allah, Ya Allah, I'm, I've, uh, inshallah I'm going to return to this remembrance you know, shortly, in, in a little bit of time. So Ibn Taymiyyah's practice, his habit, was that he would not leave the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. He would never leave it with the intention of taking a break from it Except that he would have the he would have this intention or this goal in mind that he's going to come right back to it as well, recognizing that you know when we have uh, breakfast in our mind we're already planning ahead for lunch, 
When we have lunch, we're already planning ahead for dinner, right? We're not, we don't go leave lunch thinking this is my last meal. I'm done for, for life. I can enjoy the rest of my 30 years and not have to worry about food intake. We don't do that. We're thinking, what am I going to have for dinner? We, we, you, what do you, you have breakfast. What am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for dinner? You, you plan things out hours in advance. Similarly, spiritually, we plan things out as well because this is where, how we derive our spiritual strength. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, uh, grant uh, you and I the tawfiq to... Uh, become close to him and experience a true qurb uh, to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to um, be inspired and awe-inspired whenever we hear his name and whenever we make his mention. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to uh, remember him abundantly such as such that consequently he remembers us within him and he remembers us in a gathering better than the gathering that we remember him in. And may Allah ta'ala um, allow us to be excessively engaged in dhikr and allow it to be a place of 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 of, of comfort for us and allow us to be consistent in performing it in the morning hours.